Hello and welcome to the first in our bonus series of Facilitate Talks, the live shows, recorded at Advanced Therapies Connect 2021. In these episodes, we're producing a short podcast format to hear from the speakers for each day of Advanced Therapies Connect, exploring their fields of expertise just a little bit further. If you're unfamiliar with Facilitate Talks, this is a regular podcast where myself and Anthony Davis from Dark Horse Consulting ask the big questions that need addressing in advanced therapies, inviting guests to lead the conversation and drive us towards advancing the field, as well as steering us down the road to Advanced Therapies Week in Miami in 2022. For this bite-sized session, I'll be focusing on recent advances in the field from Europe as I speak to Miguel Fort from Bone Therapeutics and Magali Tail from Gensite Biologics. Before we get started, however, I do need to tell you that the Q&A function will not be available for this session, but you will be able to pose your questions to both Miguel and Magali during their sessions later today and tomorrow. So without further ado, let's meet our first guest, Miguel Fort. How are you doing today, Miguel? Doing very well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me here today. That's a problem. It's a pleasure. Um, so to get started, Miguel, could you just introduce yourself and what you will be discussing tomorrow at Advanced Therapies Connect? Sure. Thank you. So I'm uh, Miguel Ford. I'm currently the CEO of Bone Therapeutics. Um, very briefly, I'm an MD, PhD by training and a passionate person about cell and gene therapy. What I'll be talking tomorrow is going to be about uh, what we're currently doing in uh, bone therapeutics, which is really taking the MSCs to the next level by professionalizing them to specific therapeutic objectives. Uh, we've done that with one asset that I'll be reporting some clinical data on, on that, which is ALO for bone regeneration to accelerate difficult fractures to heal faster. But we're taking those cells and related cells using different sources like for instance, IPSC uh, in addition to bone marrow MSCs, and then twinker them, train them, professionalize them to therapeutic objectives, not just bone, but others where MSCs can do. And we believe that we can make them even better by engineering them. Amazing. That sounds really interesting. I don't want to spoil the content of your um, quick fire presentation too much, but it would be great to be able to get a flavor for what's been going on with the past year with you. Um, what have been your highlights from the news, perhaps, uh, or anything you'd like to share on this session? Sure. Now, I think so. We've been we've been establishing the platform and we've been delivering on our three priorities. One is do the clinical trials and generate clinical data. Second is bring technology in or license out. And thirdly, it's expand the portfolio. It's been a challenging here because of all the environment and all the challenges that we've had. Namely, conducting clinical trials has not been easy. Just as a small preview for tomorrow, one of the things that we aim to treat is difficult fractures in very severe accidents, for instance. In lockdown, people get less foolish. They don't have less accidents, so we have less patients. So it's tougher to recruit. But also, hospitals are quite busy with, uh, or fortunately less now, with COVID patients. So that's also less availability of health of practitioners to do the clinical trials. So we've been really focusing on making sure that we deliver on that clinical data. Another thing that we've been working on and doing all of that like this uh, at the distance is collaborate, right? And we've 
not this year, but the year before, been able to license a product to, to China uh, and Asia. And we did all on, on, on the web. Now, our, our collaborations are mostly also done. We're fortunately starting to see an opening and starting to get there in terms of being able to interact person to person. But it's, it's, a, it's a different year, but we've been able to make significant progress on clinical, on partnerships and expanding the platform. Do you think there's much future in maintaining some kind of level of virtual uh, connectivity with these level of trials? Um, I said, does it connect you a bit more internationally to be able to uh, make progress in this field, perhaps? Well, I think I think it's useful. It's useful mm-hmm. to be able to do multiple meetings without having to travel. Uh, but we should not get away uh, um, without having face-to-face interactions, people-people interaction. It goes about making business deals. It goes about making collaborations, but it also goes about making meetings and, and participating to meetings. So I think we should take what's good. We know it works. We know we can do it. Uh, the technology is there. We're now used to it. That's what we do most of our business meetings, but we should really also balance it. So hybrid, not just for cars, but hybrid for this <laughs> that we should do. Excellent. Thank you. Um Looking ahead, we have recently been celebrating the news that the UK and Europe will soon be able to travel to the US. uh, And therefore, we've been even more excited to be able to talk more about Advanced Therapies Week in Miami in January 2022. What do you think we'll be talking about in January and or beyond for cell therapy in the fields of orthopedics and or bone disease? Yeah. So, yes, you're right. I mean, it's good that uh, we're having some sort of normality coming back and we're able to travel. I must say that it was a bit unfair. Tony Ting, my chief scientific officer from the US, could come and collaborate with us and work with us mm-hmm. while I could not, not go the other way. So it's good that we're able now to do this. So I'm delighted about, uh, about being able to go to facilitate. And why? Because, as I mentioned before, there's, there's a lot we can do um, on, uh, at the distance. But there's even a lot more we can do on casual encounters uh, in terms of collaborating and also knowing what's going on. Mm. Give you a couple of two things that happened that are important for us. A lot of FDA discussions on manufacturing, potency, and efficacy, right? I mean, the, the word mesoblast, obviously, in this context is not according to that. And I think it's important that we talk about it, we reflect, because... We all want to make sure that we have the right product, the right characterization, the right potency, and the right clinical efficacy, and engage with FDA and other regulators. So it will be good to hear people talk about what's going on, share our our experience, doubts, fears, and opportunistic uh, uh, action. So it's it's uh, it, w- it will be a great moment to do that. This gave me also the opportunity to tell you one one thing that I saw happening last year and will be discussed next year. Another thing that happened last year, or I mean last year, this year, <laughs> and we're gonna see the discussion, that will be good to have people there, is, um, is Bluebird and uh, the decision mm. they took about uh, commercialization in Europe. It's an important aspect. We need to understand and respect company policy decisions and how to commercialize your product. It's also important for us to understand the patient's need. Uh, there's different systems in Europe and in, in, in the US. 
And for us to really be able to understand, take the lessons, try to do the best for product companies, stakeholders, and above all patients, the opportunity of being together, it will be important. And facilitators is, is definitely one. Um, I'm, I'm, as you know, I'm very, very active on ISCT. ISCT afterwards will be another one, and facilitate and ISCT have a lot of collaboration. There'll be other meetings as well. So being able to do business at the distance, but meet to complement those will be important and we'll be seeing news about this going going forward. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I actually just want to come back to uh, something you raised there about Bluebird and talking about the differences in the systems between US and Europe. Um, this session actually is titled A European Spotlight. So it'd be really interesting if you could tell me a bit more about what those like uh, individual challenges might be in the European space that you think you might have to overcome either in the short or uh, I suppose longer term future. Yeah. Now, I mentioned to you that I'm passionate about cell and gene therapy. Mm. I've been in this field now for more than 10 years after a career in academia, clinical and new industry, been in cell therapy and cell and gene therapy for 10 years. It was a funny, cute thing about then. It's now a business opportunity that brings a lot of value to patients. So what we're seeing is commercialization of cell and gene therapy products. And so but those products are not like the old products because some of them provide a cure or a very long-term benefit. So everybody agrees that we need to have different mechanisms of assessment and payment and payment for this for this products and consequently the access of these products. Mm. That's one of the differences between the US market and the European market. Now we've seen also an important development uh, in kind of political or regulatory with the combined health technology assessment uh, that um, the Portuguese presidency actually um, put forward uh, or concluded because that's been on the making for, for a while. And ATMP products are part of the first wave. So we're going to see products getting to the market and having a pan-European simultaneous assessment of after value that they bring and how should they be or not paid and reimbursed but still each member state making the decision if they are going to be paid or not and so we're seeing progress but we're seeing also the way things are done in europe and i think it's important that companies like bluebird and others understand this plan for this earlier on in the development and then face it when they launch it always in mind that we have multiple stakeholders that need to be considered in this, not only the ones that invested, the companies that develop, but above all the patients that need these treatments and, and need to get access to it. So yes, we're going to see more about this discussion. We're going to see more product that getting to the market and we need to be inventive, creative about the mechanisms to pay, to pay, to pay for them. And hopefully there will be political support as well for that which we're starting to see, um, as, as I just mentioned, in terms of making the machinery to move forward, always with the same objective, making access to patients possible. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with you there. I think um, at this point, as we are short on time for this episode, uh, I would think I'd be remiss to bring back the conversation to what you're perhaps looking forward to from Advanced Therapies Connect. It's very easy to talk about the excitement of being able to see each other face to face in Miami um, and where the field is going. But what do you think you're looking forward to from the agenda from this event? 
I mean, it's, it's really to catch up on the multiple areas. It's mm. to understand not just the access, but also the development. One thing that we're going to see more and more is cell engineering. Um, I, I just made a, a little graph the other day on a presentation is don't worry and call the cell engineer. Mm. I think cell and gene therapy is going to be about engineering cells for a therapeutic effect. So that's what I'd like to see us talking about and the developments, not only in the research, but clinical development and regulatory willingness to consider this so that, again, we bring good products to patients. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, I think on that note, we will bring this part of the episode to a close, as I don't want to give too much away ahead of your quick fire update tomorrow, um, nor stray too far from uh, the event in question. But thank you for joining me for this episode of Facilitate Talks, Miguel. Thank you very much to you. Have a great uh, rest of the day. So at this point, I'm excited to introduce our second guest for today's abridged episode, Magali Tail. How are you to get today, Magali? Very well. Thank you, Georgie. And thank you for this interview. We do appreciate to, to have the opportunity to share a few insights from our side. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, would you be able to introduce yourself briefly and uh, perhaps give a quick overview of what you'll be presenting today? Sure. So my name is Magali Tayel. I'm Chief Medical Officer at Gensite Biologics. So Gensite Biologics is a biotech company developing gene therapy in inherited retinal diseases. And uh, uh, I will be presenting our lead program, a late stage program on Lumivoc gene therapy, which is developed in a, a rare disease called Leber Hereditary Optic Neuropathy. Excellent. Thank you. Now, on a slightly different note, as I don't want to give too much away from your upcoming presentation, um, it's been a bit of a strange year this, uh, a strange year this year with industry headlines um, having been all over the place, really. Uh, do you have any highlights from the news, either from yourself, from Gensite, or uh, just generally across the industry from a European perspective? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, there is a, a rich uh, flow of news, especially in advanced therapies, in gene therapies. And I would like to highlight that there, there have been a lot of news about optogenetic, uh, mm. which is a, a, a technology which is getting into the clinics with uh, promising results and um, we are, it's our, actually our, our, our program as well at Genside to develop uh, optogenetic uh, therapy in uh, late stage uh, retinitis pigmentosa uh, patients. And the, the beauty of this technology is that it's independent to the mutation. So all late stage uh, uh, RP uh, could benefit from, from this technology. And right now, in terms of development, we are at early stage development with a phase one, two study, which is ongoing. Excellent. Thank you. Could you tell us more about any ongoing projects or anything exciting uh, that's, that perhaps you will be presenting? You could give us a little bit of a flavor for. Sure. So, so it's it's a kind of news flow uh, that uh, I'm happy to share with you. So, uh, for our gene therapy called uh, Lumivoc in uh, uh, dealing with uh, you know this rare disease, uh, uh, Leber hereditary optic neuropathy, and it's a devastating disease. Uh, we uh, submitted our, our dossier uh, to EMA for registration in September 2020, and we are expecting. Uh, 
to get the feedback from the regulators in Europe in uh, Q2 2022. So it's uh, in, a, in a few months from now. So very exciting by, uh, by, uh, by that, of course. And I would be uh, more than happy to, to be able to provide this drug to, to the patients who do need uh, to be treated. And uh, for uh, the US, uh, we are planning to submit our uh, dossier for registration in uh, Q2 next year uh, to make sure that we have also coverage, of course, uh, in the US. And we are, we'll be uh, discussing with uh, the FDA very soon to move forward uh, uh, on this uh, regulatory pathway. Amazing. It sounds like there's a lot going on. Um, Miguel was talking earlier about some unique challenges uh, that bringing something to market can, well, what the unique challenges are bringing something to market in Europe. I just wondered, have you come across anything that you think perhaps would be a unique European challenge in the commercialization journey? Well, of course, uh, I think gene therapy is a challenge because even mm. if there are a lot of developments, uh, getting to the stage uh, uh, when a drug is approved and commercialized, uh, it's not uh, there are not so many uh, drugs uh, right now on the market. So mm. there are challenges in terms of reimbursements of payers' discussions, uh, and as well, I think what is extremely important is to make uh, the drug available as soon as possible. If there is a, a benefit risk favorable for the patients, not to you know wait for this reimbursement, but have a possibility to put in place compassionate uses for patients so they can have access to treatment as early as possible. And we, we could uh, proceed to compassionate uses in Europe and in the US for uh, LHN patients. Excellent, thank you. Um, and what do you think will be next for the field? Um, I know there have been lots of advances and a huge amount of investment this year in advanced therapies in general. Um, but is there any technologies or techniques that you've got your eye on at the moment? Yeah, I, I think what we are seeing right now, and uh, probably uh, uh, we'll see uh, that a bit more in the future, is that we are not, uh, you know, treating only uh, rare diseases with gene therapy but we are expanding uh, the indication to more common diseases. And the example is, for example, for AMD, there are some development uh, in gene therapy to, to treat AMD, especially optogenetic, for example. And for uh, dry AMD, because it's a real unmet medical need now, mm -hmm. so you'll see that there is a kind of shift uh, from rare disease to more common disease to larger indication for advanced therapies and especially for gene therapy area. Yeah, no, I completely agree. How about, uh, so this is possibly for thinking a, a little bit longer term, but how about um, in the next six months or so, with the latest news that we'll be able to fly to the US, we're very much thinking about what our show will look like in Miami. Um, what do you think are going to be those key conversations that we're having when we're finally face to face again? There are so many things. I think, uh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, no, I think the, the field is uh, very rich. There are so many biotech companies, so many companies getting into advanced therapies uh, for rare and common diseases. There are also cells therapies. Uh, I think uh, people uh, want to combine uh, therapies. So, for example, you could imagine combining gene therapy with uh, trophic factors. Uh, 
uh, and of, of the drugs to, to really, you know, uh, um, manage the best you can uh, the, the treatment for patients and customizing the patients according to the disease. So there are so many discussions right now. And uh, I, I'm sure at your conference, uh, there will be this kind of discussions uh, during roundtables. And I'm, I'm, I look forward to, to uh, watching and participating in this event. Amazing. And how about, so obviously I was talking about uh, January there, but how about uh, this week? Uh, is there anything on the agenda that stands out to you that you're particularly excited about? Uh, well, there are, there are many events, you know, there, there are congresses and, uh, and uh, I think all these congresses or conferences are complementary. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I do think and I look forward to uh, meet people face to face, to be honest, such as many people. So I, I'm, I'm sure we'll get benefit to, to again see each other, to to go on with our discussions we had for a while virtually. Wonderful, thank you. I think as we are pressed for time for these short episodes, that is a great place to end our discussion. So thank you for joining me for this short episode of Facilitate Talks, Magali. Thank you so much, Georgie. Thank you. Unfortunately, that is all we have time for for this episode, but you can watch videos of all of our full-length podcasts via the Facilitate website or listen to the new season via your favourite podcast provider. Just search for Facilitate Talks. Thank you, everyone, for joining me today as we kick off Advanced Therapies Connect. I hope you enjoy the next few days and I'll see you for tomorrow's Facilitate Talks live episode. I'll see you then. Mm -hmm.